Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. To show my gratitude, to give myself up and work for you alone, no matter how trying or how trivial. Give me something with which you might be pleased. I shall never forget that moment as I gave myself unreservedly over to God, put myself, my life, my friends, my family, my all upon the altar. A deep solemnity came upon my soul. The presence of God became unutterably real. And though only a child of 17, I remember stretching myself upon the ground, lying silent before Him, filled with unspeakable awe and with unspeakable joy. And never shall I forget the feeling that came upon me then as I felt myself to be in the very presence of God entering an unbreakable covenant with the Almighty. I seemed to want to withdraw my promise, but could not. Something seemed to say, your prayers are answered, your conditions are accepted. And from that time, the conviction has never left me that I was called to China. My name is James Hudson Taylor. That was my experience at 17 years of age. Only recently converted, I was struggling with doubts and with fears. And then I suddenly saw His grace is sufficient, and the sacrifice of Christ, all I need for life and for salvation. He had given everything for me, and so I owed God my very life. I began to read voraciously of China, to learn the written language, and to study medicine. I tested my faith, trusting in God alone and never displaying my financial needs to any but to Him. And He always provided, thus confirming my call. Before I could finish my medical studies, the call to China came. And I left the woman I loved behind, hoping she might join me later. And so there I was on the deck of the Dumfries, parting with my family, probably forever. I'd never known what a sacrifice it would be until that moment, standing on the deck of the ship that would be my home for the next six months, and watching my mother and sister Amelia wave goodbye, full of all emotion. The cry of anguish wrung from my mother's heart. It went through me like a knife. I never knew until that moment what it really meant that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. It was an eventful journey. Captain, pull the sail around! Bail out! Bail out! There's no hope for us! We're going to hit! Ah! By an inch. We missed by an inch. 
After six months, we arrived in China. I stepped into this unknown land, which I soon discovered to be at civil war. But my, my heart was bursting with joy. It, it felt as though there was not space to contain it. There was not room for it. But I did not know anyone, and I could not speak the language. Somehow, I made my way to the consul's office. So, what are these, huh? Your letters of introduction. Well, let me see if I can locate these fellows for you, huh? Louis Shuck. He'll be no good to you. He, he left here, oh, must be two years ago. Dr. Tozer. Uh, he'll be even less good to you, Taylor. Dead. Walter Medhurst. Well, you're in luck for you'll find him in the London Missionary Society house up on the hill. Or maybe you won't, for you know what these missionaries are like. They're always out. What? Post? No, the post room closed an hour ago. You'll have to come back tomorrow. I so longed to read something from Mother or from Sister Amelia or from Elizabeth, the woman I loved. And without post from the CES, the Chinese Evangelization Society who had sent me out, I could not withdraw any funds. And Medhurst, predictably, was out. And so began my first six months in China. I studied diligently until I could share the gospel. I moved out of the missionary compound into Chinese quarters. But my decision to live there, and lack of sleep, and to eat as the Chinese do, assaulted my body. But it was my soul that was the most assaulted. To see the murdered body of a newborn female infant lying exposed in the city drain, to hear the cries of the young girls, their feet being bound to make them smaller, and to see the vast sums of money that the very poorest even were giving in worship of their ancestors. My dear Chinese friends, I am come as your servant, and to plead with you, turn from your ancestors. You worship them, but they do not hear. Turn instead to the living God who does hear, and who answers, and who alone is worthy of our worship. They were not ungrateful either for the message or for the medical treatments. After six months, together with John Burden, we visited 50 or 60 towns and villages. It was not difficult with our foreign dress to draw a crowd. My Chinese friends, Jesus speaks of the life that He gives to us, and how when we come to Him, we receive and know that life in the full. Excuse me. There was a young man there, and it was clear that the message was echoing in his heart. Sir, if you will come to Jesus, He says, all those who are weary must come to Him. Yes. Yes, but I, I have a question. You see, the buttons in the front of your jacket, they clearly fasten to keep out the winter chill. But what is the meaning of the buttons 
in the middle of the honorable back? Yes, that's the question. I wondered that too, the middle of the honorable back. And so, that was that. You see, our foreign dress, it was a hindrance to the gospel, a distraction. Our Lord, in order to save man, became man, not merely like man, but very man. In everything unsinful, He made Himself one with those He sought to benefit. Let us then, in everything not sinful, become Chinese, that we might by all means save some. And so, I ordered myself Chinese dress, and dyed my fur hair black, and grew a long ponytail in the Chinese style. I was not entirely expecting the reactions from my fellow missionaries. You, mate, look absolutely ridiculous! To dress in this manner is, is to lower oneself in the opinion of the natives. You're a disgrace. Just who do you think you are? The Chinese, however, were much more favorable. Though they soon realized I was a foreigner, now they treated me no longer as an intruder, but as a guest. Dearest Amelia, I have received a most generous donation from my old friend, William Berger, and I did not even make my needs known to any except to the Lord, the Lord who provides all good things. And one of those good things is William, William Burns, some years older than I and a good deal more experienced. He is one of those holy men one seldom meets. The secret is soon learned and told, for he is a man of prayer. We became firm friends and began to labor together for the gospel. But oh, how I missed my family. And Elizabeth had written to say she feared she no longer loved me. And yet, and yet these happy months were so full of joy. Captain Bowers, what news! How good to see you! I am recently returned from Swatow. It is a town 800 miles along the coast, a difficult, a dangerous place, full of vice. There are no missionaries there. I urge you to pray for this place. I left this conversation convinced in my heart that the Lord was already beginning to speak to me of Swatow. But unable to bear the thought of parting from Burns, I put the thought to the back of my mind. But the following week, as we met together, I could barely speak, for I felt the sin that was within me. I was putting myself before the needs of the people of Swatow. I would not give my all for him who had given his very life for me. William, I must speak with you. You see, the Lord is speaking to me of Swatow, but I have been resisting him 
for I could not bear the thought of parting from our company. But James, the Lord is also speaking to me of Swatal, and my only reluctance had been the, the severance of our friendship. Oh, the wonderful and the unexpected grace of God. There came into my acquaintance at this time two sisters, Maria and Barella Dyer, and their protectress, Miss Aldersey. Those at home can never know what it is to be alone, so absolutely alone in a Chinese city where everyone looks on you with contempt and suspicion and hostility. I am glad to be in the Master's service, but I've so often felt alone and have longed and prayed for a heart companion. Maria was a beautiful girl with a slight squint in her eye, to whom it seemed all the single men in Ningbo had proposed already. I soon developed a deep attachment for her, such as I had never known before. I loved her and was soon thrilled to discover she loved me too. But it was on proposing that the whole situation exploded. Miss Aldersey, no, no, no. He, he has no titles, no qualifications. He, 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 he mixes with the likes of William Burns, and worst of all, he dresses in Chinese clothes. For many long months, we sought in vain to persuade Miss Aldersey. He, no, he, he is not a gentleman. He did not ask my permission before proposing. And so, we were compelled to write to England, to Maria's legal guardian, to request permission, and to wait long months for the reply. I even considered returning to England to complete my medical qualifications. But Maria said, if you would do that and leave the Lord's work for the sake of marrying me, then you are not worthy. I would have nothing further to do with you. At last, the reply came, and though we had to wait a little longer until Maria was 21, how our love deepened. Oh, to be married to the one you do love and, and love most tenderly. Each day makes you only more happy, more proud, more truly thankful to the giver for this best of earthly gifts. How we loved the people. Together, we threw ourselves into the work and Jesus tells us and speaks of how He alone is the way and the truth and the life. And when we come to Him, excuse me, excuse me, may I take the stand? My name is Ni Young Fa. My name is Ni Young Fa. I am leader of the Buddhist group here. We have always rejected idolatry, but I've never yet discovered the truth though we've given ourselves to searching for it. We have not found the truth in Taoism, nor in Confucianism, nor even in Buddhism. But today, I have heard the truth. From this time, I can stop searching. From this moment, I believe in Jesus. But, but I have a question. 
For how long already have you had this message of good news in England? I had to tell him it was several hundred years. But my father, he spent 20 years searching for the truth and died without finding it. Why did you not come sooner? I couldn't answer. His words cut me to the quick. But it became such joy to hear Ni Yong Fa preach the gospel with clarity and with compassion, and to see so many Chinese turn and follow Jesus. And here in Swatow, to witness the merchants, more debauched even than the residents, moved, weeping as they see their sin, and discovering in Christ the forgiveness that is possible in Him. Um, I'm going to give Alan a well-deserved breather. Um, Alan's um, works here in Ireland for the African mission, and just as OMF exists, because still today there are many people asking the same question um, of, of, uh, of us. How long have you known this gospel? How long have you known this good news? There are still people today in Africa and Asia, and, and our organizations really still exist to facilitate people going to those places to tell them about Jesus and what he's done for them. And of course, Hudson Taylor's life story and, and how God used him and the way he surrendered to God and his compassion for the lost has influenced many generations of Western Christians and, and challenged many to go out themselves as living sacrifices to, to preach the good news across the world. But it also continues to bear fruit in China, and Hudson Taylor is remembered and his legacy continues. And recently I was speaking to a, a colleague who told me a story which really illustrated this. Um, I have a colleague who works in Manchester with uh, overseas Chinese students who come to study. Um, and many of them come um, very curious to find out about Western culture, to find out about Christianity, and it's a great opportunity um, to share the gospel with them. Many who go back as believers to China and, and are able to be a witness to Christ there and, 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 and see the church built up back home. And my friend, he received um, a postgraduate student, and he discovered that this postgraduate student um, was, a, was a Christian, and he, he asked him, um, now that you're in England, where would you like to go? Um, I'm willing to take you anywhere, Buckingham Palace or Leeds Castle. And to his surprise, um, the, his, his friend said, there's one place I want to go first. I want to go to Barnsley. And my friend, of course, was, was very surprised. Why Barnsley? It's quite a nondescript Yorkshire industrial town. No offense if you're from Barnsley, but it's, it's not usually top of people's list of places to visit. And when he asked him, he told him, you, you know I'm a believer. The reason I'm a believer is because my great-great-grandfather um, came to know of Jesus and accepted the gospel. And a man called Hudson Taylor from Barnsley, he shared the gospel with my great-great-grandfather. And therefore, I today am a Christian and so am I, my family. And indeed today, a steady stream of Chinese Christians come to Barnsley each year um, just to, to pay homage to this man, but most of all to worship God um, for, for what he did through the life of Hudson Taylor. And that really reminds us of the things that we do today in surrender to God and through sacrifice and for him. They really do ring throughout eternity and, and the blessings carry on through the generations. But let's go back to this wonderful story and uh, hear from Hudson Taylor once again. We returned to England after seven years. Amelia, how good to see you. Benjamin, congratulations. Everyone, meet Maria, my wife, and Grace, our daughter. 
Auntie Agnes, have you spoken with Maria yet? Oh, yes, the squinty one. She could have an operation to cure that, you know. Auntie Agnes, I know, but I love her just the way she is, and everything about her. I would not change a thing. And so began a frenetic time of prayer, of searching for young men and women to go to China, to unreached provinces inland. God's method for raising up missionaries is not elaborate appeals for help, but first, earnest prayer to God that He would send forth laborers. And second, the deepening of the spiritual life of the church, that men might find themselves quite unable to stay at home. I was asked to write a book. Maria wrote as I dictated, can the Christians of England sit still with folded arms while multitudes perish, perish for lack of knowledge, for lack of that knowledge which England does possess so richly? Think of the millions of poor Chinese to whom no loving follower of the self-renouncing one has yet brought good tidings of great joy. James, welcome to Brighton. It was George Pierce, my old friend from the CES. George, I am getting no rest. May I confide in you? I am a wreck, torn. I'm torn between compassion for China on the one hand, and by my own reluctance and resistance to God on the other. On the Sunday morning, I attended the church and listened to a compelling sermon by the minister. But during the service, quite unable to bear the sight of a thousand or more Christians rejoicing in their own security, while multitudes perish, I got up and went out onto the sands alone. I was in deep spiritual agony. Dear God, oh God, I know that it is you who has put this burden upon me and pressed this interest for China. A million a month are dying in that land. This burns into my very soul. <laughs> and yet, why, Lord, if we are trusting in You, then we may trust in You for all. And this burden, it rests with You and not on me. Lord, I am surrendered now. I am willing to ask for the laborers to come forward. The consequences, Lord, rest with you. You will direct, care for, and guide me and those who labor with me. Prayed for 24 willing, skillful laborers at Brighton, June 25th, 1865. Oh, 
All was joy and peace. I felt I could fly up the hill to Mr. Pierce's house. How I did sleep that night. My dear wife thought Brighton had done wonders for me, and so it had. Mr. Berger, William, we must be obedient to God. We'd like to open a bank account in the name of the China Inland Mission with 10 pounds. But this is not just 10 pounds. This is 10 pounds and all the promises of God. In the world's eyes, we are desperately weak. We have no money, no resources, and I am not the man you would choose to lead a mission. But we cannot be disobedient to God. I was often asked to speak of China all across the country, and at one such meeting, I told them this true story. On a canal boat one day, a young married Chinese fisherman was fooling about when he fell in. I dived in after him. Peter! 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 But it, the river was too fast. The water was moving. It was not possible to find him. A Chinese, a Chinese boat, fisher boat with a dragnet. Come, come and drag this spot. A man is drowning, I tell you. We're busy fishing. We can't come. Never mind your fishing. A man is drowning, I tell you. Please come and drop your net. I, I, I will give you, I will give you whatever I can. Oh, yeah? What will you give us then? We, we haven't time to stop and discuss this now. I will give you five dollars. We'll not do it for that. Give us, say, twenty dollars. Then we'll do it. I do not possess so much. Only come. I will give you all I have. And so the boat paddled across. But even then, slowly enough, less than a minute sufficed, the nets were let down, and the young man's body was brought up. But it was too late. All life was extinct. Is the body, then, of so much greater value than the soul? We blame those heathen fishermen. We say they could have saved the man, and they did not do it. What of those whom we leave to perish, and that eternally? What of our Lord's plain command, going into all the world, preach the gospel and make disciples? And so, we returned again to China. Captain, turn the sailor on. Bail out. Dear Father, save us from these waves. There's no chance we're going to hit. By an inch. We missed by an inch.
We have many missionaries now in inland provinces. Unreached cities are fast becoming reached, and we are seeing fruit. Though there is much hardship, there is also great joy, for many Chinese are turning to Christ. Excuse me, what's this? A letter. Excuse me, I must return to my house. Grace! Oh, oh, my dear sweet Grace, you look, you look so pale and thin. She was eight years old, and it was meningitis. My dear Grace, I believe Jesus is taking you to be with Himself. Are you afraid? She looked so calm and beautiful and peaceful as she passed into the presence of Jesus. For Grace had grown a strong faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, dear God, how I miss her sweet voice in the morning and all through the day. And as I take those walks I used to take with her tripping by my side, the thought comes to me like a fresh throb of agony. Shall I never again feel the pressure of that little hand in mine? A few months later, Maria was due to give birth but she was desperately ill. July 7th, baby Noel was born, but Maria suffered from severe internal bleeding. Thirteen days later, we buried baby Noel alongside his brother Samuel. Maria, Maria, are you in pain? How we prayed that night, but less for her recovery now and more for her comfort. And when the dawn was come, the sunlight revealed what the candle had hidden, the death-like hue of her countenance. My darling Maria, are you conscious that you are dying? You are soon going to be with Jesus. She told me how for the last ten years there had not been a cloud between her and her Savior. She said, how can I be sorry to go to Him? But it does grieve me to leave you alone at such a time, though He will be with you and provide all you need. She gave me kisses and messages for the children, and then slipped into unconsciousness and into her Savior's presence. Oh, dear God, I thank you. I thank you for giving my darling Maria to me. How I thank you for these last twelve and a half, half years of happiness. And most of all, I thank you that you have taken her into your blessed presence. And this very day, though my heart is near breaking, 
yet it too is full of the joy of the unspeakable bliss of Your presence. O oh Lord, this day I dedicate myself anew to Your service. For You, Lord, truly do all things well. Amen. A few months ago, my house was so full, and now so silent and lonely. Grace, Samuel, Noel, my darling Maria, all with Jesus, and the other children so far away. In time, I returned to England and was invited to speak about God first and China second all across Britain and Ireland where support for the mission was growing. At one meeting with a group of 12 students, I spoke to them of my preparations for going to China, of how I learned to subsist on little in order that I might give much, and of how I learned to trust in God and never made known my needs to any but to Him. I continued until one of them stood up, Mr. Taylor, please stop. You're breaking my heart. For I feel as though I have never yet learned to trust in God, never yet given up anything for Him. Three of the twelve went to China. My friends, please, would you join with me in praying for 70 new missionaries for China this very year? Well, there was some surprise as that message went out. But I could not have been more certain that our prayers would be answered than if you'd shown me a photograph of all of them in China already. And so, to finish my sermon this morning, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. We must believe there is a living God. He means He has spoken in His Bible, and He means what He says. And all that He says, He will do as He promised. And sure enough, 100 came in together with the money to send them. In my readings one morning in the Gospel of Mark, the thought came to me afresh that Jesus Christ is either Lord of all, or He is not Lord at all. And if He is Lord, then let us treat Him as such. I began to feel compelled and now resolved before the Lord to pray for 1,000 new missionaries for China. The call went out. Others joined with us, and we were exercised in this. We must discover Christ's plain meaning and pray His will to be done. Together, we brought everything before God just as a child. And I am pleased to be able to inform that so far 
1,153 new missionaries have come forward since we started to pray for the thousand. What's this? It's a letter. It's from the executors of the will of J.T. Morton. He, he's left the mission 100,000 pounds. Well, it may seem like problem solved, but you see, we must be ever more certain to trust in the Lord alone, for it is so easy to remember the gift and to forget the one who gives. We had never before lost any missionaries due to violence. But 1898, the first CIM martyr, William Fleming, how sad the tidings. This letter seems to show that God is about to test us with a different kind of trial. Doubtless it will be fuller blessing, but through deeper suffering. 1899, the boxer uprising with the cry, destroy the foreigner. I was very ill, but reports came to me almost daily. Bao Ding, 15 CIM missionaries murdered. The report says that many of those watching were deeply impressed by the calm where they died. Tajuan, 46 missionaries beheaded. Zhao Yi, Emily Whitchurch, and Edith Cyril murdered whilst kneeling in prayer. What it must have been to exchange that murderous mob for the pleasure of his smile, his bosom, his presence. And so, so many Chinese Christians murdered. They do not regret it now. It was ever true that what costs little is worth little. We may trust the Lord too little. We can never trust Him too much. We may trust the Lord too little. We can never trust Him too much. We may trust the Lord too little. We can never trust Him too much. Lord, we thank You for this story we have that reminds us of Your goodness, Your grace, Your mercy, and Your trustworthiness. We pray that we can each personally realize that afresh in our own lives. But we're also reminded of the cost there is in following you and in serving you, Lord God. And we pray that we would sacrifice ourselves to you and you and be willing to follow you wholeheartedly. And we see that when we trust in you and we give ourselves to you, that you can do great things through us. 
and we commit ourselves anew to you, to be used by you as your vessels. And we know today still there are those countless multitudes who don't know you. And your kingdom continues to be built by weak men and women who carry your gospel to the ends of the earth. And I pray that we with afresh think about the role that we have in our times in seeing your kingdom expanded, whether that's in our neighborhoods, in our own families, in our workplaces, on our doorsteps, or if it's further afield, either praying for others, supporting others, or, or even going ourselves. We commit ourselves to you and your purposes once again. And we thank you that we can trust you and that you're good. In Jesus' name, amen. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.